Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. What a great opportunity it is to get together with you. Thanks for connecting with us, being part of this group. I, I don't know what else to say, Kevin. These are some pretty great folks. These are our tribe. They hang with us. We hang with them. And, you know, as we go out, we're in Colorado. People are coming up to me saying, you know, I love the podcast. It's great to see you guys in person. I mean, I just respect them, Kevin. Yeah. Someone texted me uh, just before the broadcast. I mean, like, 30 seconds before we started, I looked down, there was a text saying, I love the podcast about, uh, or the broadcast about, uh, favor. They love favor. I guess that was one, you know, one this week. Um, so yeah, yeah, that is a blessing. That's, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're doing that. And we have a word of the day today. So we find ourselves and thank you all to those of you who write and, uh, and, and text us and come up to us at churches and stuff. Thank you for all who are joining on. The numbers are really creeping forward. And I want to shout out. I don't want to call names, but I really do. There's one family of people that continue to uh, help us pay for these podcasts and make a difference in our life. And and I, I know they wouldn't want me to call out their name, but let me just say this. God knows your name. Thank you for helping out. Thank you for being part of this. We love you. They're a family who's known for doing the right things, and, and, and they've done things in my life that has been a really big help to me. So here we are, Kevin, and we come across this word moody. Now, I don't know about you, but I got to tell you, when I heard the word moody as a, uh, as a young person, you know, I, I don't know, so many things would come to my mind, but it didn't, it didn't have the effect it has on me as an older person in the business world, doing things, living together. And, uh, but, you know, it's sometimes people are given to this undescribable. And I get there's some physical things that bring us here. We can be sick. We can be ill. We've been going through things in our body that just aren't right, cancer, whatever. Uh, I get all that. But to me, moody is something that just isn't a day or just isn't an hour or just isn't five minutes. Moody's an attitude. And it's an attitude. It's like walking almost in Proverbs. And I had to pick from about 10 different verses on, on one that as I was looking through these a little while ago. And what kept coming to my mind is somebody who's moody is kind of a fool in a way. Uh, because God gives us this balance. He makes us even. You know, and, and part of my life is, you know, working out. I know it's part of uh, Brother Kevin's life as we're talking here is getting up in the morning and just loading God in my ears working out, you know, doing some energy, reading God's word, hopping in and doing God's business and things like that. And the Bible says over in Colossians 4, it says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace. And when you're moody, your speech is not with grace. It's the opposite of grace. And, um, and, and then seasoned with salt, the word of God, that stuff that makes a difference in your life that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. So, you know, God's word here, it is again, teaching us wisdom. There's wisdom and acting with grace and speaking with grace and interacting rightfully with others is being mindful of the words that we use, the tone that we use. I was thinking of moody is a tone. I underlined and circled on my pad here, uh, that if we want to positively influence people, if we want to make a difference in their life, when I was an army recruiter, 
Uh, one of the things we wanted to do is we wanted to leave the meeting, the get-together, whether they were going to join the Army or not. We wanted to leave a positive thought or an influence on somebody every time we left because we wanted to bring honor to the Army. The Army's been good to us. We're representing the Army. The uniform we wear is the Army. The way we act is the Army. The way who we are is the Army. And I could go on and on. But we wanted to positively influence people because we stood for everybody who's ever put on that uniform. We st- stood for every World War II veteran killed on Omaha Beach, those people killed in Kandahar, those those people in Fallujah, those people in Vietnam, and so on. I could keep going. Those sailors out to sea, all those who have given their lives in jets or wherever. You know, when I put on a uniform of the military in my country, I wanted to bring a positive influence. Well, we've got it bigger than that. We stand for Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, who died on the cross for our sins. And when we realize that it's more than that, that I was implicit in him having to die, a sinner like me was implicit, and so were you, a complicit. And, and, and I think that as we look at that, that we should be mindful, even in those bad times. You know, sometimes we just stay home. You know, sometimes we, we just shut the bedroom door. I get that. But folks, when we're out here and we're doing what we got to do, we represent Christ. And, and boy, we represent all those who've come before us, especially our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who was 100% man, 100% God, and uh, went to the cross at Calvary and was always fair, uh, was always just, was God. And I know we can't live up to God, but I do know this. We can live up to being wise. We can let our speech have grace, seasoned with salt. And uh, we can have the right answers for men, not because of who we are, but because of the Savior we serve and the Holy Spirit of God that helps us, Kevin. And I, I think when we think of Moody, if you're a Moody person, you're a foolish person. But if you can get away from that when you can walk in wisdom, boy, it's a different place, Kevin. Yeah. You know, Christ is the best example of how not, uh, of how the opposite of moodiness you know, he, he went through all the emotions that, that people go through as far as, um, sorrow. It says he's, when he was headed to the cross, he said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. He began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. So he felt the depths of anguish as, as life was falling apart as his relationship with his, you know, the father, you know, it seems like at that point he began to turn away, whether it's, you know, I mean, there was just, there was, there's just a, a good reason to be sad as, you know, whatever was taking place, it was near the end of his life. And we go through things that we feel like, you know, my world's falling apart, but Jesus Christ never lashed out at people. In fact, at the depth of it, when God had turned, his father had turned his back on him. He's, uh, he's saying, John, take care of my mom and uh, thief next to me. I'll see you in heaven today. Father, forgive all these people. You know, I mean, just at the, at the, at the worst part of his life. Yes. Yes. Uh, What a, you know, the, and in contrast, you know, I think of some bad examples in scripture, King Saul, King Saul was a narcissist. King Saul uh, was a moody person. He, he got worse and worse through the spirit of jealousy and envy at David. 
But it says, and it came to pass in the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied in the midst of the house. And David played with his hand as at other times, you know, on his harp there. And there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And during that period of time, King Saul just, he got so moody, he winged the javelin and stuck it in the wall next to David. He did that multiple times. He did that to his son. And that's a perfect, to me, a, a textbook example. He's a poster child for the moody person because Saul said, I'm having a hard time. Life's not going my way and no one respects me. No one loves me. And here's a javelin. I'm going to hurt somebody. So, you know, if there's someone here that's that's listening that is near a King Saul style of moody person, you know, take from the example of David, avoid the, the javelins, know when to leave. At one point he escaped. He got away from Saul. He never tried to hurt Saul, yeah. but he got a, He escaped and he did that multiple times. And then the other example, and this is a little bit maybe closer to us. Moses was not a narcissist, but he had a rod that he misused at one point. He got really mad at the children of Israel, and God said, speak to the rock and get some water. And um, and so he took the rock and smote it twice, and it was a he violated the the, the picture of of Christ who, you know, he had already smitten the rock the first time and got water. Now it was a picture. It's supposed to be a speaking how Christ was slain once. And now we, we talk to him and in talking to him, we bring all the effects of Calvary upon us. He doesn't need to die again. So Moses violated that. He, he butchered several things, but in anger, uh, he, he had this, what was in his hand? Moses, what's in thy hand? A rod. God used that rod, but if we're not careful, moodiness can take the gifts that God gave us and and turn them and make us, you know, kind of lash out. And, and yeah, even in our even yeah, in, even in our best times, you know, we. So here's this guy, King Saul, and, I, and I'm glad you brought up King Saul. I was reading about the kings of Israel, first king of Israel. I mean, his King Saul. Big, handsome, tall, handpicked for the job uh, of God, anointed by the prophet Samuel. You know, and uh, here's this guy, reigned for 20 years. He had everything going for him. His armor was too big to even fit on David. He had everything handed it to him. He was the anointed one. Uh, yet jealousy and pride, he didn't rest in what God had given him. And and friends, just rest in what God has given you. Just take what God has given you and trust in it. And and you know the problem is is when we're moody, it's when we're we're prideful. When we're moody is when we're putting other things ahead of what God has given us and what God has for us. I I can tell you this myself. You know, God has trials for us. Sometimes when I get them, I used to get migraines a lot and thankfully I lost that weight and they, they went away. But even in, even in those times, I've got to stop and say, you know, what kind of pain, as Kevin said, was Christ in on that cross at Calvary? What kind of things? And, and he asked the Lord to take his cup for him and God didn't, you know, Paul, uh, he said three times he went to God and said, take this from me, take this thorn in my flesh, take it from me. Lord, will you please take it from me once? No. Lord, will Will you please take this from me? No, the third time. And and then you know what Paul did? 
Paul said your grace is sufficient. And I think that's where we're at. Folks, you know what? Here's that time frame that's sneaking up on us again. It's real sneaky, but we'll be right back with you. So hang with us. Well, thank you so much for hanging with us. We find ourselves in the 30th proverb, uh, starting at verse 29, and we continue on with these great examples and these things. It says, there be three things which go well, yea, four uh, are comely in going. A lion, which is the strongest among beasts, and turneth not away from any, a greyhound, and he go also, and a king, which whom there is no rising up. And so we look at these four things. Now, a lion, you know, uh, we're told in, in Scripture, the devil walketh about as a roaring lion. That lion's used a lot in the Bible. We know that uh, uh, Jesus is, right, the lion of Judah there, and, and you know, he is so strong and, and things of that nature, the strongest beast, and they don't turn away from any challenge. And we got to admire a lion for its courage and its strength. I, I can remember watching The Wizard of Oz, you know, and the lion's supposed to be courageous and those types of things, and, and they played on that. But in, in looking at the Bible here, a lion is the strongest among beasts. When, when you're in Africa, people aren't afraid of the elephants. You don't want to be stepped on. Uh, but I remember that a, an African man told me, he said, ah, don't be scared of the elephants. Be scared of the lions. And then a greyhound, which is a type of hunting dog, is admired for its speed and agility. And sadly, they've taken these greyhounds and turned them into dog racing things and as a way to gamble. But they're, they're so beautiful. They're admired for their speed. The way they run, they just sprint. They just lunge forward in such a beautiful way. And then a he-goat, which is admired for its sure-footedness. And, and, and folks, if you've never been around goats, especially when you get on the West Coast like Washington State and Oregon and stuff, you will see these he goats and these different goats. They'll be almost hanging sideways off of mountains and stuff and perfectly stable. It makes no sense. And sometimes they fall asleep and, and just fall over. It's kind of what I do too. But, but in this case, we're admiring how sure-footed they are and their ability just to climb the steepest of terrain. And then a king who's admired for their ability to maintain order and stability and for their leadership and uh, so these are things that go well. And those first three examples out of the four are animals. And the last is this human figure. And, uh, and all of them are admirable in their own way. All of them you can look at and get something from them. Uh, you know, there's a sense of, of, of the sureness or surety and determination with the way they act, their actions, you know, the courage of the lion, that strongest, they never back away, the speed of a greyhound, that goat for almost being able to stand at 90 degrees and just be so sure-footed, and, uh, and the king for their leadership and maintaining order. That's what we look for. So I think this passage, if I put it together, this is what I wrote. Uh, I wrote down there's importance in determination, courage, agility, and leadership. And, and these qualities, you know, they can inspire others. And, and God can help us with these qualities, and he does as we read his word and study his word. These qualities, they're, they're admirable, Kevin. They're, they're something that we can learn from and something that we want in our lives. Sure. No, you just about nailed it there. There's, 
there's a, a comeliness in the way these things travel through their their tasks you know they're, they're just they're just good to look at you know there's just a certain uh ability in some people that just you know they may have big ears they you know you might have an individual who's bald you might have one who's you know got plenty of hair or whatever you know the, but but there, there's a comeliness because they they own their situation you know they're comfortable at what they're doing you know the lion the stanzer he's king of the beast he's not afraid um the same thing with the, the greyhound when he's put into a race he's not sheepishly you know looking at the gate and like you said it's terrible that it's used for gambling uh but the the greyhound you know when the gate opens uh or, or whatever happens i think they chase a little toy rabbit that that's you know exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> that rabbit is always 20 feet ahead of the fast. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's great to look at the, you know, these animals, the goat that owns the heights, the king that owns his, his realm. Uh, and, and you know what? I think every single one of us ought to, what, whatever God gives us, we ought to take ownership of it and say, you know what? I'm going to be good at this. I want to grow in favor like Jesus with God and man. And I want to to be able to, for, for people to look at me and say, you know what? He looks right at home doing what God wants him to do. Okay. She's, she's starting to have children. She's a young mother. She's having children. I don't want to become a drama queen mother, do I? No. You want to have the the um, the the calm and peace the, the calmness and peace that you know what this is what i'm created for god's given me the ability to do this oh something went wrong i have a special needs child uh you know this i remember when the doctor told us you know your child has water on the brain and uh, it turned out the the only water in the brain was the doctor i think yeah. he was wanting a lot of tests but yeah. uh it's an, another story but uh thank god you know, there wasn't, I, there was not that encephalitis, whatever it was called that he was. Encephalitis or whatever. That, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, he was trying to scare us. But, you know, uh, man, it's just a comely thing. If, if a person does not shy away from their task and, um, you know, you ask me occasionally to do some things and you know you're not a slave driver usually but uh <laughs> i'm just kidding you're you're a joy to work with brother but um you know you mentioned writing a book on discipleship and i just thought to myself you know what if god gives that to me i want to do it and i want to do it right i want to do it you know you would say creditably i want to be able that people would say you know what he did it he owned it and uh, we don't have to be the best out there, but we don't want to shirk and say, nah, I don't think I can be a mother. And, uh, or, or if I'm traumatized, you know, I, I don't want to say, oh, I just think this is going to define me the rest of my days. I'm going to be just a, uh, you know, just a whole uh, a shell of what I was. No, God wants us to say, you know, I, we are well able to you know, to take over these, uh, the Canaanites, we are well able. No, we're not grasshoppers in our own sight. We are with God, we are a majority. And, uh, that's what I see in these animals here. And the King is just, uh, some people that are like, Hey, we got this. 
Yeah, the and problem. you know, there's there's attractiveness about owning up. There's an attractiveness. I mean, we don't live there, Kevin. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you had mentioned a couple minutes ago something that stuck with me as you were talking. You know, we own up to these things. Uh, we live up to these things. And, and there's a godliness, there's a courage. So I'm trying to put these courage, determination, these things together in my mind somehow and give you guys some examples. And something Kevin said to me stuck with me. And I think the most attractive people in the world are those truthful people who stand up in the hard times and just own things. Now, they don't live there, Kevin. There's a difference. You know, there's some people that say, boy, I, I messed up, and they live there. That's all you hear about is them messing up. And, and I mean, it's like a lesson and stop already. You know, you just want to slap them. But there's something attractive when somebody just comes clean and say, you know what, Doug, uh, I'm going to own this. I messed up. But I think I got this thing right now. There's a courage there. There's a determination on doing things right. Uh, you know, there's, there's just being who you can be. There's something great about that. There's something that, that I don't know, you see God through people like that. It's like, it's like looking into God inside of a human being. When people just come clean and they're just who they are, there's so much courage there. There's so much attractiveness there. There's so much determination. There's so much, this is what God has given me to do. Something Kevin just said. I talked to him. I said, Kevin, you ought to write a book about discipleship. And it's something you could take and God willing, you can make a few bucks on as well as share with some people. And, uh, and Kevin was all for that right away. He said, boy, you know, I could do that because I think Kevin, I've told him this. I told you guys, he's a bit of a Renaissance guy. You know, he holds on to things. He he reads a bunch of different things and they kind of stick to him and, and, uh, he wants to talk about them. And, and that's awesome, especially for someone like me with a traumatic brain injury. And, uh, it's, it's fun just to reminisce and go all over the place in the world. But I want to tell you this friends, if we're walking away from this and we're looking at these attributes and, uh, and I think we should, I think we should end this today, uh, you know, with that determination, with courage, with knowing what God has for us and just doing it as good as we can. Like that, that sure-footed go, it's not trying to be a cow. It's not trying to be something it shouldn't be. It's just saying, hey, I can stand at almost 90 degrees. I, I've got this. This is what I do. Well, I guess what I'm telling you folks as we wrap today is there should be something where you can say, this is what I do. I got this. And it should involve God. And boy, if you can do that, let me tell you something. Uh, God can use that in your life. He can, the great things will happen. You know, we started in the beginning of this thing. We started talking about how when we represent God, we don't have to be carrying a Bible. We don't have to be wearing a jacket and tie. We don't have to be wearing a skirt. People should see God in our actions and how we live. There should be something godly within us. We sure do love you folks. If we can do anything to help you, make sure you contact me at Doug at wounded spirits.com and out there at helpful wounded spirits, Facebook page. I told you guys go out there and find Kevin Rob R a U B and uh, go out there and look for him on Facebook. Make sure you contact in all of us. We sure do love you. Have a great day. And Hey, with that smile that only God can give you today. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at help for wounded spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin. 
for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.